I'm most passionate about three things, my family, my faith, and my work. Those are the three things that make up who I am. And there you have it, just a small nugget of what's to come in this inaugural episode of BSAE Connections, an original podcast series focused on the interconnectivity of Virginia's association community produced by the Virginia Society of Association Executives. I'm Colby Horton, and I'm here with my colleague and co-host, Frank Cumata. Hey, Frank. How's it going, Colby? It's going great. You know, we're proud members of VSAE and honestly couldn't be more honored and excited to host this amazing podcast. We're here to talk to some great guests about life, work, and the communities they serve. And we're going to provide an inside look into the association world through the eyes of what's considered a really close-knit community that calls Virginia its home. And doesn't it make the most sense to have our first guest be the president of VSAE, Stephen Williams? Couldn't agree more, Frank. <laughs> well, Stephen and his, his business partner, they own an AMC in Charlottesville, and his clients are primarily uh, national and international associations and the construction industry. And a little bit more about Stephen he loves all things Virginia. If we're talking about the history and mountains, beverages, and the beautiful sandy beaches of Virginia. Um, as I mentioned earlier, he was recently named the president of the Virginia Society of Association Executives as well. Wow, we, we really got a lot to get into. So let's connect with Stephen Williams. So Stephen, to get us started, what are some of the biggest challenges facing small staff associations right now? I think one of the biggest challenges for um, for small associations in particular are having to continue to serve their members as a nonprofit, but think like a business, especially as associations are competing with other organizations and companies for the same resources the same members, their time, and their money. And so that's forced associations to think about how they market, think about how they sell, think about new products and services, think about how they utilize technology so that they can stay at the forefront of what their members think is important. It's really a challenging time right now for associations, big or small, there are issues with the economy, there are issues with the workforce, uh, there are issues with infrastructure, there are political issues, not only in the states, but, but globally. And, and all of this can just be very taxing uh, on the association as an organization, but also as a community. And that's where VSAE, it's just one of the places where VSAE has been incredibly helpful to me. VSAE is absolutely a community of servants, of servant leaders uh, that come together to support one another. And over the past two years, over the past 10 years, that has absolutely been the case. Executives helping each other by sharing best practices, by uh, telling their story that others can relate to, by leading, by helping folks make uh, decisions. And I mentioned before how VSA has helped me make uh, connections with other association executives. They do just that. When the VSA staff hears about uh, someone having an issue, they're very proactive about 
you know, trying to put executives together that might be having similar experiences to be able to talk and share and and work through those together. So you're going on 25 years in the association space and, you know, you've been in full capacities of marketing, PR, member service and events planning. And heck, you're even a, a partner in an AMC, right? So what are some of the most significant changes you've seen in the industry over the last two plus decades? There have been so many changes uh, to associations over the past 20 years. And I would imagine when you ask folks that question, they often respond with technology. And uh, that that really is my response. I'm the operations guy for our association and, and, and our clients. And technology has really changed the way associations do business, for for lack of a, a better term. And it's been for the good and for the bad. You know, being able to automate things like email campaigns and website transactions and renewals and even entire membership directories can be automated and, and sent off to print and then mailed with a lot less hands-on activity than what was required 20 years ago. Uh, so it's really helped associations be more efficient and, you know, be able to, I don't know, have more touches with the membership. Uh, on the other hand, those touches often are not very human. Now, I, I think we lost some of that human touch, especially when it comes to uh, picking up the phone or uh, having a conversation about renewing a membership. VSAE has done a great job uh, over the years utilizing technology, especially where it helps the society be more efficient. But they definitely have not lost that human touch. And uh, that's one thing that I'm so proud of the society for doing. Phone calls to and from other members within the VSAE, VSAE staff making connections at at events with other association executives. Uh, They've just done a a great job of keeping the the human in uh, the society while utilizing the advantages of technology. That's so important. You know, we we talk a lot about generational marketing and, you know, who appreciates that phone call and who appreciates an email more. But in in the sense of things, it's it's about connecting. And, you know, technology certainly does that. But what you just described is is so important for an association uh, or a group of associations to continue doing. So, yeah, thanks for sharing that. So during all of this, was there ever a point in your association journey where you considered going down a different path? Well, not seriously. So, you know, coming out of college, I had pursued a communications degree and I really wanted something that would be more general in nature and allow me to pursue different paths depending on where I would end up. So coming out of college, I returned to uh, to Charlottesville. I saw that there was a, a position open at uh, what was then called the AIMR, the Association for Investment Management and Research. Now, I worked there for a couple of years, learned a lot at such a large association and and seeing so many different departments and services and uh, so many uh, association professionals doing just a variety of tasks and then ended up taking that on to my role at the Modular Building Institute where I was member services director. Uh, MBI was a small association at the time, and they just had one and a half people working on staff. 
And it was great to apply a lot of what I learned to the Modular Building Institute. There was a time when I thought, you know, uh, this is a lot of work. And, you know, is there is there something different? And, and, and as they say, the grass is always greener on the other side. So I applied for a job at UVA's Darden School of Business and their communications department. After the uh, the interview, I thought, you know, what the heck am I doing? You know, this I, I love my job. Yeah, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work being in the association industry and profession, but I love it. I love working with people. I love serving people. I love helping people learn and network and connect and be recognized and, and see how, how much joy they have when they're recognized for their achievements. Uh, and I love uh, reporting on the, the industry news. So yes, there was a time when I thought about switching gears, but not seriously. Okay, so you alluded to something several times here, just kind of this passion for communications, right? There's something in your bio that I, I'm really, really interested in. So this is a great time to talk about it, I think. In your bio, it says that you became interested in communications after interviewing Oliver North for the Bluefield College paper. That's that's the college you, you went to. All right. I have to know what what was said that sparked that interest. You know, it really wasn't so much what was said. It was the experience. It was the Got experience it. of interviewing such a, a polarizing uh, individual. That was really my first taste of news and communication and telling a story and uh, seeing firsthand because I was in school, right? I was learning about communication and I was learning what it meant to communicate. Are you simply telling a story or are you shaping how that story is told? And what is your responsibility there? And so that was that was really what got me interested in communication. And then over the years, you know, working for uh, associations, uh, I've really been able to put a lot of that into practice because you know, there are a lot of times where you do have to just tell the facts. You got to get something out there very quickly and you need for people to know about it. But then there are other times where you have to tell a story. You get just little pieces of information about someone or a new service or a new project, uh, something exciting that's happening within an association, and you have to tell that story. So, you know, having done both uh, over the years has been very, very rewarding. But uh, that's really what came out of that experience interviewing Oliver North. That's great. I won't go into uh, the less polarizing folks I've had to interview my uh, during my journalism career, particularly in school. So I commend you for being able to do that. Much I more can, interesting in my stories. I can only imagine. <laughs> and Stephen, with all of your experience in the industry, what would you say are your top three tips for association executives? Uh, I've got four tips, but they're quick. Be kind serve others, be humble, and outperform your colleagues and your staff. So to, to kind of summarize that, let other people see what an association executive is at every possible level all the time. Those are my tips. I like that. We got a bonus one there. So you're now president of VSAE. You're a partner within an AMC. You're an exec at the Modular Building Institute. In your opinion, what does it take to be a good leader? Humility, compassion, 
flexibility, uh, and absolutely leading by example. You know, anyone can be in that position of leader, director, CEO, president, owner, you name it. They can have that, that title. But at the end of the day, what does your team or organization what do they think of you? And I, I mean, literally at the end of each and every day, what do they think of you and the experience they had with you that day? Did you help them or did you hurt them? Did you encourage them or did you discourage them? Did they see you working hard or hardly working? Do they know whether or not you appreciate them? Are they meeting the goals that you have set for them and why or, or why not? The only way as a leader to really answer those questions and to know if your style or your capability as a leader is working uh, is to engage with the team that, that you're leading and, and to know them and to know what makes them tick, and to know what excites them, and to know what pains them. And so that's why I say uh, you have to be humble, you have to have compassion, and you have to lead by example. They need to see what it is to, to work hard, and to see what it is to value the organization that they work for. So I love that answer. And, and Stephen, if you could, you know, could you explain how important it is to have that CAE designation? Over my entire career, which is 20 plus years now uh, in the association industry, I've known about the CAE and I wanted to obtain the CAE. I saw others, uh, especially within the VSA community that had the CAE and I was so uh, proud of them and uh, proud of what they accomplished and I wanted that. Uh, but man, I was busy. I was so busy over the years, especially when working for previously a very small association where I wore many hats and I was just working all the time. And, you know, you have to make choices during life. And I just didn't have a chance to to work on obtaining the CAE. I just didn't have the time. But VSAE forced my hand. Uh, I was nominated to serve on the, the board of directors and I knew that if I was going to do that, I should get my CAE. It is, after all, the industry designation. And if I was going to be in a position of industry leadership, I needed, I needed to have it. So uh, that was only a relatively few years ago that I started to, to study for it and work on it, uh, set for the exam. And, and as you just mentioned, I obtained my uh, CAE uh, last year. VSAE has been so instrumental itself in supporting association executives obtain their CAE. They've got uh, an incredible library of resources that, that folks are able to borrow and, and utilize. They've got study groups. Uh, of course, they've got uh, events and education that allow you to get the hours you need to even qualify for sitting for the exam. It's always been an extremely supportive group. And then just the access that someone pursuing the CAE credential has to others within VSAE is just amazing. I mean, I, I personally do not know of an individual that I couldn't walk up to at a, a VSAE event 
and say, hey, I've got a, a question about this part of uh, what's going to be on the CAE exam, and I need some help understanding that concept. Can you help me? I don't know of, of anyone that I couldn't ask that question to or anyone that wouldn't help me. That's great. And Stephen, you're, you're heavily involved in the, the planning and execution of the world of modular. There's a lot that goes into event planning, but what's the one thing people often take for granted in event planning? How much work it is. Yeah, <laughs> how much work event planning is. It takes months. It, sometimes it takes years to plan an, an event, not to, to execute it, but to just plan the event. Every imaginable part of the event is planned out. And, and often, especially with a, a small association, that's by one person. So every beverage you drink, every hors d'oeuvre you eat, uh, the music that you hear, the colors of the lights that you see, the microphones that the speakers are wearing, uh, how the speaker got to the venue, the flowers on the table, the graphics on the signs, every single thing is planned in advance and it takes a lot of time. Uh, you know, over the years after a great event, I've heard attendees, even board members say, wow, that was a great conference. We, we really need to return to that venue. Often not thinking about the event planner's work or, or the, their role in creating what the attendee just experienced. And when you secure a meeting room at a venue, often you get just a big empty room and that's all you get. Uh, it's the meeting planner's job to fill it with every conceivable sensory experience that's going to give the attendee a great experience. And of course, that comes with the help of, of many uh, partners and the hotel and that sort of thing. And I've got to say, within VSAE, we have some of the best hotels and venues anywhere uh, in the United States, even the world. I've been to so many VSAE meetings over the past 20 years, and these hotels and venues in particular really understand what it means to partner with uh, organizations and meeting planners to deliver exceptional events. In fact, you know, I'll, I'll just be honest, some of the best meetings I've ever attended were planned by VSA staff and their hotel partners. Uh, what's an underrated travel destination? Well, I can think of a lot of overrated travel destinations. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably have to say Southwest Virginia. Southwest Virginia is just a very beautiful part of our state. You know, I get down there often because my uh, my kids both go to Emory and Henry College, which is in Emory, Virginia, just uh, outside of Abingdon, Virginia. And it's just a, a beautiful area of the state. Lots of good uh, uh, hiking, uh, some really good distilleries, uh, lots of good music comes out of the mountains down there. Uh, it's just a, a great place, uh, a great place to visit. I like that. What do you prefer more, uh, Virginia wines or Virginia beers? Definitely Virginia beers. Uh, I love both, but in and around Charlottesville, we have some incredible breweries uh, that are producing some great beer, some great IPAs, and they're just delicious. So uh, yeah, I'd, I'd have to say Virginia beer. Likewise. So Stephen, what makes you a proud Virginian? Virginia is such an incredible place to live and work and play. 
I, I mean, what's not to love? I mean, Virginia is, it's just, uh, it's just an incredible place. I mean, we've got incredible cities. We've got a lot of incredible history. We've got good food and wine and music, beautiful horse country. Uh, we've got beautiful beaches. It's a great place to fish and hike and camp. We've got beautiful golf courses. It's just uh, it's just an incredible, absolutely incredible place to live and, and work and play. It's, it, I just I love Virginia. It's just a great place. Man, we'll I, we'll uh, include your contact information for uh, CVBs to give you a call on that. That was that was a great testimonial. <laughs> what are you passionate about? I'm most passionate about three things: my family, my faith, and my work. Those are the three things that make up who I am. Whether someone likes me or they don't, that's what makes me who who I am. My family drives me to work hard and and do the best that I can to provide for them uh, and give them a a good quality of life. My faith drives me to serve other people. And my work gives me the opportunity to do both of those things. Well, Stephen, that really wraps up this podcast. We really appreciate, again, your, your authenticity, your candidness. I really feel like Any association exec, any business owner, any aspiring leader can certainly listen to what you just said and take their career, take their vision, take their mission to the next level. So thanks, Stephen. We we really appreciate you being a part of it. It was my pleasure. I appreciate the work you guys do. Thanks, Colby. Thanks, Frank. And thanks to everyone for listening to this inaugural episode of VSAE Connections. Join us each month as we have more conversations about the interconnectivity of Virginia's association community. Coming up on episode two, Frank and I talk to Rear Admiral Kerry Thomas, Chief Executive Officer of Coast Guard Mutual Assistance, located in Alexandria. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And on behalf of VSAE, I'm Colby Horton with Frank Humata. Thanks again for listening.